0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Employees of a coronavirus testing facility at an Indonesian airport were arrested yesterday for allegedly washing and reusing nasal swabs for passengers. Well, at least they know who's got COVID now. Looks like, uh, yeah, everyone. Everyone.
1: Um, but some, uh, breaking news 4 ex-cops indicted on U.S. civil rights charges in the death of George Floyd. So we're going to have a whole nother trial Will it. Will they be individual trials, or will they all be at the same trial?
0: Ah, uh, individual. Remember. I would, surely it'd be too complicated to charge them all at once.
1: Okay. I don't know. Okay. So we'll take a look at that. And jobs numbers in oh, way less, uh, than the million dollar or million jobs that they thought, uh, not even close. Well, so, yeah, like a tiny fraction of that, right? And unemployment has ticked up a little bit, even though there are help wanted signs all across America. We got a weird uh, economic experiment going on. Nobody knows how it's going to turn out. Well, you can and talk.
0: a chicken shortage.
1: And a chicken shortage we need to deal with. Um,. So Trump got re-banned or continually banned from Facebook, however you want to word it. He'd been banned since January 7th, and the board got together and decided, yeah, we're going to keep him off.
2: The the wording on the ban, I think, is important here. He was indefinitely suspended, okay. was, the, was the ruling that was uh, enacted at the time, and um, they threw it to um, kind of the board of supervisors, a, uh, a, a supposed independent third-party thing to say, does this fit with the rules of Facebook? What you guys are doing?
1: Why do they do this, Joe? Is this just a uh, just like so Zuckerberg doesn't have to take all the heat? Is the face of the decisions? Is
0: that yeah, it? I think so. It's to give it the the appearance, the patina, if you will, of uh, some sort of neutral board. We should They're do that. They're
1: mostly foreigners, by the way. We should do that. We should claim there's a board that makes yes. decisions and say we uh, we didn't want to do this segment, but uh, the board approved it. So, and they mandated it, they mandated it, and yeah, we, we had no took we, the no board's choice. recommendations <laughs> but as,
2: as usual, with a lot of stories, I feel like the headlines that were trying to summarize what happened kind of missed what did happen so here's the source material of the actual um person of the board reading out what they decided and what the decisions of Facebook will uh happen going forward.
3: Was this leaked or put
2: out on purpose? Uh, this was put out on purpose, okay.
3: thank you all for uh, attending this morning. Our decision this morning is relatively simple and straightforward.
2: And we hear from... A New York Times reporter here. And we hear from one of the co-chairs, Michael McConnell, who is a constitutional law professor at Stanford Law School.
3: First, we agree that Facebook had sufficient justification to remove Mr. Trump's January 6th posts for violation of the policy against praising or encouraging violent actors. Actuals. Second. We agree that Facebook had sufficient justification to suspend Mr. Trump's account, at least for the duration of what the Department of Homeland Security called a, quote, heightened risk of violence.
0: Can you pause that, Sean? Is there a single air-sucking homo sapien listening to this who's not distracted by that stupid music? Is there anybody who had
1: their experience enhanced by that stupid music? wish my whole life had that music behind it. (laughs) Dum-dum-dum-dum. Look at him walk down the hall. He may be going to the bathroom. Or is he getting a cup of
2: coffee? Dum-dum. The occasional high note, (laughs) ding-ding. (laughs) Ding-ding. All right.
3: But we hold that it was improper, that is to say, in violation of Facebook's own rules as well as generally accepted principles of freedom of of expression, for Facebook to make that suspension indefinite.
2: He said... Facebook's own policies do not authorize an indefinite suspension. Hmm.
3: But users and their audiences must not be left in a state of uncertainty as to time or reasons for restoration. Facebook must make its decision and be held accountable for whatever it decides. Ultimately, it is the public that will be the judge. That is as it should be in a democratic society.
0: Interesting. Maybe that guy just carries around a boombox with that
2: music going. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I believe just... that was added in post. Oh, and okay. All right. So I was right the first time.
1: I find it interesting that he that he puts together this board that, you know, puts the trappings on it of whatever these trappings are. Right, and he can hire them and fire them or whatever. Oh, right, or, or he can them. say, yeah. I don't care what you say, really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that part of the Facebook, part of the rules that Zuckerberg put on part of this committee... Facebook must abide by their decisions. He cannot overrule what they are doing. He has created essentially like a supreme court for Facebook, and, and using his own kind of company's <laughs> rules and regulations, this third party assesses: but, Are you in violation of your own company's "quote unquote" but, but, constitution? But
1: what, if he, what if he said, "I changed my mind"? Uh, I'm going to make the decision myself, like like old what's his name did over what's his beard did over at Twitter. I'm just going to make the decision <laughs> of my his own beard. <laughs> Jack Dorsey, the yeah. starving
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all right. It's fine. Whatever. I just—they're evil. They're evil. They're bent on world domination. They're stealing your data. They lie compulsively. I appreciate their international board of firms. <laughs> <laughs> and this decision is a fairly sound one, but uh, I don't know.
2: Well, the wrath. Um, Mark, so, but, right. but Facebook's Supreme Court is doing what we want the United States Supreme Court to do to Congress, and that is not say, we are not going to let you use us as the cover for the hard decisions you are dodging. We are giving it back to you, Mark Zuckerberg. You need to make this call and, and, and decide whether it's a permanent ban or not, and then the the public gets to decide uh, if they still want to partake. I agree with Bernie
1: Sanders, and that I'm not comfortable with the idea that uh, Trump can't be on Twitter or Facebook. I get that they can, yes, I get that they can. They're private. They get. They can. I just don't think that they should.
0: Well, they can put out a statement every single day. We hate Donald Trump. We hate what happened on January sixth, yeah. and we don't think you should listen to him. Yeah, and we think but, what he's saying is a lie. But I to think not. Let him say, "Hey, I've uh, got a new golf course open." Uh, I
1: mean, what the hell
0: is that? It's cowardice.
1: Well, or even his political stuff. He's the. He got seventy-eight million votes. Yeah, I think it's. You know, I think people would like to hear what he has to say. For better or worse.
0: A great deal of hubris in silencing a a president. Yeah. Um, After a a year nonstop promoting takeout wings and crispy chicken sandwiches, restaurants including KFC, Wingstop, Buffalo Wild Wings and etc., say they're paying steep prices for scarce poultry. Independent eateries and bars have gone weeks without wings. Chicken breast prices have more than doubled since the beginning of the year.
1: Wing prices have hit records. Ah, man, there's way too many of these things that are uh, going up in price fast. Whether it's lumber, used cars, chickens, whatever it is. it's Oh, boy. We, we get real inflation going. That's going to be the only topic in America f- for a while. Indeed. But yet another one of our big
0: topics today factors into the next sentence. The, uh, this guy who's speaking for Wingstop. So the company is speaking daily to chicken suppliers that are struggling to raise production because they are having trouble getting enough workers. Okay,
1: back to that story.
0: Mm. Can't hire anybody because people are making too much money. Similar constraints weighing on other companies across different industries and around the country.
1: As predicted here, and it's true, and it's obvious. <laughs> and, and, and now, now you've hit me where it hurts, a chicken shortage.
0: Right? Right? Thank God America's hogs are still plentiful and I can eat bacon and ham and pork chops in any time I want.
1: So you remember the woman who died and disappeared on Mother's Day a year ago in Colorado and now her husband was arrested two days ago? We have a wrinkle on that story um, as he has appeared in court. Um at least good morning america is trying to turn that into a national story that everybody talks about i don't know if people are catching on or not but i'm i'm kind of intrigued
0: and kamala harris griping about the plight of the less fortunate during covid yeah that's because of your policies What? and your side reason.com takes them down awesome Armstrong
1: she's not alive now new video showing the moment the 53 year old was arrested almost a year after he made this video after his wife went missing on Mother's Day
3: I will do whatever it takes to get you back Honey, I love you
1: so uh Joe told us yesterday that's um Suzanne Morphy who disappeared Mother's day uh Morphew who disappeared Mother's Day which is this Sunday right yes, Mother's Day a year ago God he snuffed his wife on Mother's Day allegedly. Um, but, uh, you know, if I'm feeling murderous, I'm
0: probably not worried about holidays, even ironic holidays. If I'm going to murder another human being, you know what I mean? It's like, if I'm going to kill a mall Santa, I'm going to kill him on Christmas as likely as I'm going to kill him June the third. It's harder to find June the
2: third in your scenario. at
1: least. Right. But maybe, you know, I hate him my hatred is uh, you know it's lasted six solid months but so you just heard the alleged murderer so he got away with it for dang near a full year they closed in on him somehow he appeared in court today they arrested him um but that tearful video that he cut i love you i'm going to do anything to get you back joe you say that that's like a common among people who kill their wives oh yeah
0: yeah yeah. I mean, he, it's not proof of anything, but the fact that you did that does not make the cops say, "Well, it wasn't him." Clearly, he's upset and trying to organize a search. No murderer would do that.
2: <laughs> That's that is wild. not the reaction. From That's the
0: wild. Cops. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a feeling the cops have had their eye on him from the beginning. It's just a question of getting the evidence together.
1: Yeah, and it turns, I watched a little more of that on Good Morning America, and uh, family, friends, everybody from the beginning was like, "It was him." Oh, really? It was him. We know it was him. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who would do
3: this.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Complete change of topic here. Love this piece by Matt Welch. I think I said it was Robbie Suave. I was thinking of something different, but Matt Welch with a piece in, at Reason.com. Uh, and it's all about the whole equity mess, but then he makes an interesting pivot. Uh, and he says, uh, with their emphasis on equity, administration officials are inviting all of us to judge them by their works, not their words. Their results. We should take them up on their offer. After all, the results of government COVID exertions date, particularly for traditionally disfavored communities in Democrat-governed uh, polities areas, have been demonstrably brutal. Then he talks about uh, Kamala Harris taking the page of the Washington Post back in February to sound the alarm about the loss of jobs for women. She hits several statistics. That's enough to fit 40 football stadiums. This mass exodus of women from the workforce is a national emergency, and it demands a national solution. And then he goes into the stats. Yeah, sure enough, this pandemic hit women uh, disproportionately hard in terms of lost jobs. And and Matt goes on to say, for Harris, the economic wreckage from this borderless virus was self-evidently a federal issue. She said so herself. But a closer look at state-by-state unemployment numbers reveals not uniform damage, but striking variation. And the determining factor seems to have less to do with the pathogen and more to do with politics. Net number of jobs throughout the whole pandemic decreased in 48 out of 50 states. Okay? And that's why Kamala was saying this deserves a federal response. But when you sort the results by the drop in the percentage of employment, a startling pattern emerges. To wit, each and every one of the 18 states that suffered the worst job losses during that span, each and every one voted in November for Joe Biden. In 11 of the 18, Democrats control both the state house and both chambers of the legislature. Meanwhile, the 18 states with the lowest rates of employment change from Oklahoma to Utah, uh, Utah actually gained employment, share their own anomalous political characteristic. They each feature unified Republican executive and legislative control of government.
1: Well, that's pretty interesting. I'm trying to figure out the, the whys of all that. But it's, it's, it's shutting too, down or not shutting down, or to what
0: degree you shut down.
1: Yeah. Ha, huh, that's really interesting.
0: Because remember, we're talking job losses here. Right. We're not talking, you know, sickness, death, hospitalizations, just job losses. Of those 18, but there would be every one of which was Republican, only two voted for Biden and those by the slimmest of margins.
1: I agree that the shutdown, but, you know, we all know that the demographics of politics right now tend to be more rural, spar- sparsely populated, all that sort of stuff, tend to vote Trump. So is that certain kinds of jobs? I'm just trying to think if there's any other factors that could be going on here other than just shut down or not shut down.
0: Well, let me share some of what Matt Welch thinks. Uh, there are meaningful differences in governing styles and results between the two major parties at the state and local level. Sure. As a general baseline, GOP states tend to have right-to-work laws, prohibitions mm. on mandatory union membership. Boy, so there's all kinds of things involved. Lower taxes, lower minimum wages, lower unemployment rates. Uh, 4.6% is the December 2020 median for 25 states with unified Republican government. 4.6%. It's 78 It's, you know, 75% higher in Democratic states that tend to have higher taxes, higher minimum wages, higher cost of living, and higher unemployment. And then you get to the... Blue state governors in California, New York, Michigan, who've been far more strict about shutting down economic and physical activity than their red state counterparts in Florida, South Dakota, and Texas, for instance.
1: And then you'd have differences in how worried you are about being at work or going back to work, um, as we've been talking about all morning, all day long, mm-hmm. um, based on your politics for some reason. I mean,. Well, in one more point, women with children, particularly black
0: women and those without a bachelor's degree, face the sharpest decline and have recovered at much slower rates relative to those without kids. Uh, why? Because many mothers are unable to work while they oversee remote learning and lack childcare. Hmm. Where is that happening? Where are the schools closed the longest and most completely? In all
1: the blue states. That's really interesting. So the different policies are so many. There's so many. The right to work stuff, the whether the schools are open, the tax policy, just all that stuff that how it affect it's really interesting. So in terms of employment
0: and effect particularly on minority communities, blue state policies have been disastrous compared to red state policies. Is anybody gonna talk about this? No. Is anybody gonna hear this?
1: Is the Washington Post gonna write about it? No. No, and even if it did, would anybody change anything or think oh well, maybe we should rethink this? Of course not. Yeah, this is
0: part of a very long piece. I mean, it's like he started to write a book, but then he got winded. uh, (laughs) Entitled The Equity Mess. It's under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. And it covers all sorts of ground, including this. was really good stuff and really well uh, substantiated with evidence.
1: We need to bring you the latest on the giant chunk of space Chinese communist space junk. That may fall on your head and crush you this weekend. I've got the latest. Here's the key phrase that I had not read until earlier today. It is the largest
0: piece of space flotsam to hit the Earth in our lifetime.
2: It's, it's 20, the biggest
1: chunk of junk ever. It's 23 tons. Yes. Wow. I think it's not even a piece of it. I
0: think it's China. just a rocket.
1: It's an you entire th- rocket? Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's it's the size of a 10-story building. Yeah, that's not a piece of something.
1: That's a thing. 23 tons. That's unbelievable. That hits you in the head. It's it's not going to do you any good. What if it hits the White House? Then what do we do? They got it narrowed down to what day they think it's going to hit, so we got more information on that. A U.S. Space Command is actually keeping an eye on it, and we'll be watching it all weekend. This is going to be the only story in my life.
2: Armstrong
1: and Getty.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: First on the only story that should probably matter to you in your entire life, a uh, 20-some ton giant chunk of space debris is going to fall somewhere on Earth tomorrow, U.S. Space Command believes. So a Chinese rocket... Okay, so I can stop walking in a zigzag pattern until at least then. It's going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to have to be... Within a couple of hours of impact, U.S. Space Command announces before they'll have any ability to even come close to narrowing down a region of the world where it's going to land. So, a couple of hours before it lands, there's going to be an announcement. I, is there oh some boy. place where I can sign up or make sure I get the ding or something so I
2: know? Is there something, something more reliable than the vaccine alert? Uh, yeah, exactly. Things that I signed up for.
1: <laughs> I don't want to find out Monday that it you know landed on my head.
2: Um, oh, man, if that lands on my head, I'm going to be so mad. I know. I know. but well, so What, they're it, what actually, if it does, like, catastrophic damage to something? It I could. Mean, gotta,
1: it absolutely could. If it hit a highly populated area, you know, lands in Los Angeles or something like that, oh, my God, could kill thousands and thousands and thousands of people, obviously. So within a couple of hours of it hitting Earth, they're going to be able to announce, I don't know how, they probably don't know, how how pinpointy they can get or then like an hour before it lands are they close and then like 15 minutes before it hits are they going to be able to say oh boy this is headed for vegas got to tell or paris or wherever it's going to land
0: yeah yeah well could it
1: actually kill thousands and thousands or would it just be like literally
0: hurling a bus into a city Wow, that wouldn't kill thousands of people That would kill you know
1: i don't i think the i think the impact of something that weighs that many tons on the earth coming
2: from space, I think it would be just a giant, I think it will be a giant crater, giant Has impact. The government even reached out to Bruce Willis to think about how he would handle this situation. Another failure of the Biden administration.
1: Are they going to be able to say 15 minutes before it hits? Oh, man, it is really looking like it's coming toward 1714 Mockingbird Lane. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. Depends on the winds. Now, seven-tenths of the Earth is covered by water, so most likely it lands in the ocean and doesn't bother anybody, but Doesn't have to.
2: What about us? Say the fish.
1: What about us? Say the fish. F you. Sign the whales. (laughs) Um, So, unintended consequences are one of my favorite topics and always have been. And I think it is for most people. She got a couple that are going on right now in politics. One, uh, earmarks are back in Congress. So, for years, I and a lot of other people, were convinced that if you did away with earmarks in Congress, that is where you can get some pork jammed into a bill, if you could do away with that, all oh, government would work so much better. I mean, that is really the problem with government. I mean, John McCain dedicated his his senatorial life practically to trying to get rid of pork in bills, and that's the They're idea. They're squandering our tax dollars. Yeah, it's the idea that, uh, yeah, I'll vote for this giant bill if you make sure I can get this... Library, three million dollar library built here in the middle of nowhere um, because it's going to be a lot of money for my constituents and everything like that, and it'll be good for me. And so they throw three million dollars at this dude, and ten million of that, and fifty million of that. And where is it that they got that giant airport? Where in the? Where in the? Remember that story? Oh, oh yeah, about yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Who was the congressman? One things? of the great oh, was airports? Was it Ohio? I think it's in Ohio. I was going to say Ohio too. One of the great yeah. airports in America that, that that has like two planes flying in and out of it a month. Yeah, But he got an airport built, and man, that's a lot of jobs and a lot of money that flows through. And so the idea was that if you get rid of this stuff, it'll be good for taxpayers, good for government. But it turns out, this was several years ago when they got rid of it, turns out those bargaining chips and everything like that made the government work better. And even though it was a waste of money and a lot of stupid things got built and was a waste, it was better than what we're doing now. And... uh well, one of the more persuasive defenses of the uh, earmarks that I ever heard
0: was that they're specific. They say X number of dollars is going to go to X project in uh, Mr. Y's district. And so you could see what was happening, as opposed to now just massive kind of vague spending bills where the money might go here, might go there, nobody's sure.
1: Another example of unintended consequences uh, and another thing that John McCain fought for. So John McCain fought for two things that I agreed with at the time that I thought were important. It turned out to have been done way more harm than good. That is uh, the earmarks we just talked about or the pork we just talked about and the campaign finance reform that he worked on. M- M- McCain Feingold that he worked on for years to finally get through. big corporations controlling our government. These big donors and the way they control our government is ruining our government. Turns out. That's not the way it is. That is not not the way it has worked. If you look at politics and and where we are in recent years, I can hit you with some of the numbers when we come back. It uh, I think it'll make sense to you. But it's another it 's another unintended consequence we thought it would make us less polarized and more fair, and government would work better better and it 's gone exactly the opposite direction i 'll explain why that is in a second, yeah, and
0: I have another good example of that uh, and some of you a lot of you probably love this thing, but it doesn 't really work as intended anyway. quick word from our friends it 's simply safe award winning home security system it is a better system than a traditional system. But it's also simpler, and it's less expensive, and there's no long-term contract.
1: A lot of times when I hear simpler or less expensive, I think, okay, well, this is not a, that good then. It's kind of a uh, you know a junior version of a security system. No, it's the best out there. U.S. News recently called SimpliSafe the best home security of 2021. And this is something you could order, get it in about a week, set it up in 30 minutes, and then you've got all these people, all these people that can help you wherever you're going to have trouble, emergency happens, fire, police, whatever it is. Yep. To learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family and all
0: those fine folks, visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system to your home or your workshop or, or whatever. And you get a free security camera. You also get a 60 day risk free trial. So there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: I have long said that I've never given a dollar to a politician and I don't plan to ever. Maybe I should rethink that. So they got big money out of politics, right? And they thought that that would be better for everybody. Well, this past election, almost 50% of Americans cast a ballot, which is way higher than usual. But almost 50% of Americans cast a ballot. 2.9% of Americans actually cared enough to give any money to anybody in politics. So you had 2.9% financing an election that half of us had interest in voting in. Okay. And what comes out of that is you have a very... Uh, a small group of very active people that the AOCs and the Ted Cruz's and everybody out there who's trying to please that small crowd have have now have to cater to in a way that they never had to before. And it's made our politics more extreme. And how expensive campaigns have gotten has thrown everything out of whack, too. They're they're super crazy expensive. So uh, Sarah Isger wrote for the dispatch. She worked on her first campaign in 2002. Um... And you need to do uh, come up with between one and three million dollars for any house race in America in 2002, to, if you're going to be competitive. Depending on where you are, obviously it's more expensive to become, you know, a house member if LA is in your district than if you're in middle of Nebraska. But they ranged from one to three million dollars that you needed to have on hand to compete. Now it's between five and 28 million dollars. Holy cow. That's how much it's grown. I'm not talking about since the 70s, since 2002. From 2002 to 2020, it went from one to three million to be competitive to five to 28 million to be competitive. Wow. So the amount of. Yeah. So the, you need the money so badly and you've got to cater to that small group that are going to donate money. That's why you get all the letters. That's why, why it's so laser focused on a certain crowd that's willing to actually send you the money. And so, what
0: was I? I don't actually know that much about the previous eras of campaign finance. It's kind of a blind spot for me. Uh, what What was it like before? I mean, what did McCain find gold eliminate or, or change? I'm not quite tracking.
1: Lowered the limits that you could uh, that you could spend you okay. used to be able to, you know, individuals, certain rich people or corporations or whatever, could could spend so much money on campaigns. But it would seem that that worked better in terms of our polarization than eliminating those big donors and oh. having this tiny number of small donors that you have to cater to so much. Hmm. See, I, I would think it'd be a large number of
0: small donors, but uh, I, I kind of see what you're talking about, though. It relates to the lack of power that the parties have right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. The that was moderating all, yeah, influences yeah, yeah, are yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly part of the point of the article. Yeah, it just it did. It just ha- these things have not turned out the way we thought they would oh the
0: other thing the other example i was going to give was uh, term limits there's so many of my political friends who desperately want term limits and i understand the whole 15 term congressperson is a hack like maxine waters who's obviously on the take and just is is terrible has never done anything but politics um but the problem is every time they've tried it it, it ends up being nobody is In the job long enough to really understand how it works and really understand the policies that they're dealing with. And it makes the lobbyists more powerful. And the lobbyists end up writing legislation.
1: I would have never guessed that uh, eliminating big donors would have, and, and making the parties, you know, weaker, getting rid of the smoke filled rooms and the power brokers would have made things worse. I thought that was the answer to everything. It just shows how wrong you can be about these things. Yeah. We're much better with smoke-filled rooms and 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 party powerfuls making these decisions, and and then and then working within a party to try to change it than the way it is now. Too much democracy, I guess. Yeah. The, uh, my
0: only hesitation in agreeing with you completely is that I feel like we're in the middle of some sort of transition, and right. I'm not sure where we end up. It could be.
1: That is awful. a decent point. That is a decent point. That maybe this will work out over time. And we're headed towards something, and this interim period is ugly. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think that. I just wonder. Uh huh. Well, it's somebody made the argument, and it really impressed me that in in the rest of the world, in democracies, you really vote for a party or a platform. That's really uh-huh. the thing. And then and then they have a candidate that represents that part that that platform, the things that they believe in. We are now about an individual, and that individual decides. Trumps. Or, or whoever. It doesn't make any difference. It is. Wh- whoever the candidate is, what they're into is what the party is now into. It's yeah. not the other way around. It's not they fit into the party's platform. The party has to go along with them. Right, and and
0: not just specifically about Trump, but about everybody. What's crazy about that is you get a very small percentage of the population, the hard core of the party, turning out to primaries, and somebody wins uh, Iowa by 1.5% and New Hampshire by 3% and does okay in South Carolina, and all of a sudden that person who barely triumphed over a herd of half-wits, um, all of a sudden they're dictating the, the policies of, of the winning party? Or potentially the winning party? But it's not it make it's bad, it's doesn't a bad it, system.
1: Doesn't it just in general make sense that you have beliefs of some sort and you want a party that represents those beliefs? Yeah, policy, not personality. 100%. Not, you, not you have a party, you have a team name that you're for, and whoever wins that, you're on their side, regardless of whether or not they, they believe the things that you believe. Right. It seems like right. a crazy way to do it. Yes, it does. Well, we'll see how this turns out over time. Maybe you're right. Maybe we're just going through something. Yet another insane incident in Portland,
0: Oregon, that you will not hear about. Armed Antifa lunatics clashing with people, beating them, dragging them out of their vehicles. doesn't even get any coverage. Two guys get in a fist fight on a corner in some parts of the world. It makes the news. There's constant insanity in Portland, and no, nobody hears about it. Keep so your you head on a swivel
1: all weekend for that Chinese space junk. I need to figure out where you get the alert from the U.S. Space Command. When they've got it narrowed down, I need to know if it's going to fall on my head or not. Would it do any good to wear a helmet with 23 tons of steel? Probably not. Not a lot. Probably wouldn't be to die with a helmet on. (laughs) (laughs) So you got that working for you, which is nice. Sure.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: The number. Uh, Wow, it just came across. Give me a second here. Uh, We have the number here. Just came across. Ah. Sorry about that. It came across very quickly here. It looks like 266,000. It looks like it was a big disappointment at 266, but maybe I have that wrong. Let me double-check the Bureau website here. Uh, one second. Uh, yes, 266 is correct. Unemployment change, little change, is 6.1%. So we have some issues here. 266,000.
0: Uh, big revision.
2: Yes, that's what I'm... Last you month, not hear
0: 770 me there? versus 916, yes. Yeah, long story short, CNBC anchor... He was so astounded by the jobs number, he thought it was a misprint. He thought it was a typo.
1: And he yeah. kept rechecking it. That's yeah. not good. No, and they, and they revised last month downward by a lot. Right. So uh, they were expecting a million people to have gotten jobs this last month. That's 266,000.
0: As Molly Hemingway of The Federalist uh, tweeted, apparently America is getting tired of all the winning.
3: <laughs> oh, boy
1: uh i know how a lot of people root for bad economies when their guy is not in the white house but i don't want this at all well for all kinds of reasons but biden is giving a speech today guaranteed because he's going to use this information as a reason we've got to push through the 2.3 trillion dollar jobs this or that um just absolutely charles Payne, who's one of my favorite commentators on all things economics tweeted out congratulations president biden you've achieved the progressive utopia at least 7.4 million job openings but only 266,000 people got a job last month wow 7.4 million job openings and uh a quarter of a million people went out and got a job that's astonishing that is the sort of thing that happens in a progressive utopia yeah yeah, well, we just we there have been several stories we
0: presented today where the CEOs and the analysts have said, look, we can't hire anybody. The governor of South Carolina just declared we're out of all the federal uh, uh, pandemic measures. All of the bonus unemployment, because nobody can hire anybody. We have, they uh, what did he say? I've got it around here somewhere. Like 80,000 open jobs in South Carolina that can't be filled. Good, solid jobs. So that's the first governor to do that. He said, our state is out. Which apparently
1: you can do. Uh, Oh, there it is. I didn't know you could do that. That's pretty interesting. Is is, uh, is the constituency of a state going to be happy? And the governor says, we don't want all that taxpayer money. Well, what the governor said is we now face an unprecedented
0: labor shortage. This labor shortage is being created in large part by the supplemental unemployment payments that the federal government provides uh, claimants on top of their state unemployment benefits. In many instances, these payments are greater than the workers' previous paychecks what was intended to be a short-term financial assistance for the vulnerable and displaced during the height of the pandemic has turned into a dangerous federal entitlement, incentivizing and paying workers to stay at home rather than encouraging them to return to the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, boy, that's amazing.
1: It's crazy. It's, yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it shows you how complicated things get when the government starts getting involved in the market. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying we're becoming France. Uh, You know, honestly, we're becoming Italy or Greece. Everybody knew from the beginning it was going to be really hard to undo all this, and it's going to be slow and painful. Yeah. You're going to have to cut off the money spigot to get people to take those jobs, clearly.
0: You know what else is clear, Jack? Everything needs a cutesy name these days. I've been railing about that lately. And in that spirit, do you know what smishing is? (laughs) That's...
1: Yeah, no. Make sure something tired, something it? with fishing I assume. <laughs> yes, indeed. Smoking while fishing <laughs> is smishing. <laughs> I like to get a, a pack of Marlboro lights and just sit there on the dock. It's called smishing smoking and fishing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually a cutesy phrase based on the fact that uh, text messages are SMS messages. It's SMS phishing. Okay. Uh, but some of the scams are fairly clever. They begin with the inevitable personal anecdote, which usually I find annoying, but in this case, is pretty illustrative. A gal named Alyssa got a test text that looked legit, even expected. After some of her personal information had already been stolen a few years ago, she signed up for text alerts from her bank, Wells Fargo to confirm each time she made a new purchase. Okay. And that step to protect herself, ironically, is what made her such an easy target. So a scammer texted her in April, telling her that her Wells Fargo card had been charged with a $240 withdrawal and to contact us if suspicious. And so she didn't think twice. She called in a robotic voice, welcomed her to Wells Fargo, asked her to verify herself. So she entered it in her credit card, social security number, and birthday. This information is valid. Thank you, said the voice, and then hung up. And she said, wait, wait a minute. You're not going to connect me to talk to anybody? <laughs> this information is valid. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it was a scam. Wow. So, yeah, there's been an explosion in
2: uh, text phishing. So just be, be suspicious of everything, my friends. Getting much more clever with the messages prior to the, the, the link as well. Stuff like, oh, your Amazon delivery or whatever. Yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But that's that's put a lot of Nigerian princes out of work, unfortunately.
2: <laughs>
3: and Getty